Well, good morning. <clears throat> As you can tell, you're going to have to excuse the voice. Uh, unfortunately, this is my voice from here on in. And uh, the Lord's given me the grace to deal with it, and I trust you'll be able to deal with it as well. Uh, sure, good to be back. Uh, in all honesty, now that I'm up here, it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago uh, I was here. It's amazing how time does come and go. Uh, it's nice to see some new faces that I, I don't recognize out there. It's always good to see new faces. See some new faces at this meeting uh, that we've seen elsewhere. We're nice to see them. I guess we're going to see them again next week, from what I understand, over at Avenue 54. And, uh, of course, there's a few faces that are conspicuous by their absence. And, unfortunately, that seems to be the play case every year uh, when I come and go to various places. The Lord's always had work in our lives. And... Uh, you know, praying about what I should be speaking on today, you know, that's always a difficult thing. I always seek the Lord's guidance and direction because I don't normally hear from people what they want me to speak on. So it's between me and the Lord, and I have to trust him to lead and guide and direct on something that might be relevant and helpful to the saints of God wherever we go. And you might be a little bit surprised what we're going to be speaking on today, but once we tell you to turn to Numbers chapter 13 you probably will get a pretty good idea of who we're going to be dealing with today from God's Word. And, of course, it's going to be Caleb. And you may say, well, why in the world would uh, we speak on something like Caleb? You know, there's very little written in the Scriptures about Caleb. But, you know, what is written is phenomenal. Uh, you see in the life of Caleb something that you should be seeing in your own life, more so as you get older and older and older. And I've kind of entitled this little lesson, Caleb is the man who never stopped growing. Never stopped growing. And I put this lesson together, or a lesson on Caleb, probably 30, 40 years ago. I mean, it's a long, long time ago. And yet, I think it was probably about eight years ago, uh, back in my home assembly, they said, hey, Bob, um, would you uh, be willing to uh, take the meeting next week? Because it's, it's Grandfather's Day next week. And I thought, I didn't even know there was such a thing as Grandfather's Day. Have you ever heard of Grandfather's Day? I never did. I think they were just, you know, doing something to get me up there. I said, but he wants you to speak because it's Grandfather's Day. And I thought, well, what in the world can I speak on? concerning grandfathers. And I know I look like one and am one, <clears throat> but you know, I couldn't help but think the Lord brought to mind Caleb. So I went through my old, 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 old material. And I found about 30 years ago, I put together a lesson on Caleb. Now it wasn't the lesson we're gonna have today, but I thought, well, Caleb would be a pretty good lesson to teach on Grandfather's Day because, you know, he did marvelous things when he was an old man. But, you know, he could do marvelous things as an old man because his whole life was centered around trusting totally in the Lord Jesus Christ, or in his day, the Lord God, Jehovah, one and the same. And, you know, 
FBI, or FBI Myers speaks of Caleb this way. Caleb followed the Lord wholly through the weary years in the wilderness, amid the marchings and the mockings, the innumerable deaths, the murmurings and rebellion of the people. He retained a steadfast purpose to do only God's will, to please him, to know no other leader, and to heed no other voice. Now that's quite a statement about an individual. And of course, as I mentioned, I think his chief distinction was that he, was, he never stopped growing. Now I've been accused of never growing up by many people, and that's okay. In some respects, that's fine. I hope I never do grow up totally in some ways and forms. But on the other hand, I, st I trust that there's been growth in my life in the proper areas of life. And we're going to be looking a little bit at Caleb. Now, Caleb's name is quite interesting. It's derived from a Hebrew word that carries the idea of. And listen to the, what his name literally means. All right? It comes from things such as fidelity, faithfulness, obedience, and alertness to discern the master's will. All of these things are derivatives, basically, of what the meaning of Caleb's life is. And I thought, wow, what a name to live up to. Now, I don't know what my real name means, and I guess I just do not know. But I'm, I'm sure it doesn't mean this, and I'm thankful it doesn't mean this, although as I study this and look at this, I thought, boy, I hope this is truly true of me. But you know, as you think of his, his name as scripture, what a name to live up to. But you know, scripture reveals he did. He lived up to his name. Now, his biography, which is condensed really into just a few sentences in scripture, it's amazing. Uh, as you, we talk about Caleb, after we get through these few little passages we're going to look at today, you hear nothing else in the whole Bible about Caleb. But in these few verses, Scripture reveals that he lived up to his name. And this biography, which is condensed in just a few sentences, illustrates two basic truths. First of all, that it is possible for life's greatest achievements to take place in old age. That's encouraging to me. And yet I look around here at these younger people, and you say, well... <clears throat> That doesn't relate to me. <laughs> Hang on, it won't be long. Let me tell you, I can remember being this age. I really can. And the thing is, where did the time go? And you know, we think when we're young, that's when we have the vim and the vigor to do everything. But his greatest achievement came when he was 85 years old. Another thing. It tells us here, there is no retiring age in the service of the Lord. So I look out over this group of people who look like I do, not personally, but, you know, old. Keep in mind, there's no excuse. When you get old, there's no retiring age in the Lord's work. I'm retired from teaching school. I retire from other things. 
But you know, when it comes to serving the Lord, the Lord will let me know when it's time for me to retire. And that will be when he takes me home. You know, as long as we have breath, we are to live for and to serve the Lord. Now, as you look at Numbers chapter 13, did I tell you to turn to chapter 13? Okay, Numbers chapter 13. I just want to um, emphasize, you know, Moses' uh, life is similar to Caleb's in one respect. It can be divided into three different parts. And, of course, we're going to see in Caleb's life, we'll look at those three different parts. It is basically his youth, his middle age, and his elder years. And we're going to begin by just reading, starting in verse 1 through 3. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness to Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And, of course, in verse 6, one it says there of the tribe of Judah, Caleb was the one that was sent. Now, in verses 16, these are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and Moses called Hosea the son of Nun, Joshua, and Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan. Now, if you stop and think about this for a moment, you know, the, the nation of Israel had been wandering in the desert because of their sin for a long, long time, 40 years. They had been told they were going to be going into the promised land. But for 40 years, they didn't get to go because of the sin of the people. But the time was coming where the Lord was going to bring them into the promised land. So he said, take 12 men. And again, you will notice as you look at the passages we read, they were all leaders in verse uh, 2. Everyone was a ruler or a leader among the children of Israel that were being sent out. Now, as you think about Caleb in this particular situation, we don't know an awful lot about Caleb's uh, youthful years. Scripture doesn't tell us anything about what his life was like from the time he was born until now. Right now, he's 40 years old when he's been called to go out. 40 years old. And yet, you know, even though we know nothing about his childhood, we do know an awful lot about his childhood. You know, Scripture tells us you raise a child in the way he should go, and as he gets older, he will not depart from it. And as you look at Caleb's life, you know, as I said, we don't know how it was, who his parents were necessarily, how he was raised, but we know at this point in time in his life, he was a leader amongst the children of Israel. And his early life, as I mentioned, doesn't say much. But again, he now starts his life, as we know it in Scripture, in a crisis. Now, you may think it would be a great honor to be selected to go and be a spy in the, in the promised land. But think about this. There were many nations in that land. 
They loved their land. It was a beautiful land. You know, spy is not an occupation that most people would want. It's dangerous to be a spy. But Moses said, God has told me you send 12 men, leaders from the nation of Israel, to spy out. And we find him in a crisis. And you know, it's interesting, when we think about crises, we only think about real catastrophic events in the lives of other people. But you know, we all have crises in our life. You know, Danny just shared something. All right, and I'm sure for most of you, that didn't seem like it was all that of a big deal. But to Danny, it is. I can be remembered where I was called upon. I was an educator too. Bob, we want you to take this over and do it. And I'm going, oh man, crisis. I've had many crises in my life. And you know, the thing is, how do we respond? in a crisis. Now, as we mentioned, 12 of these men were sent out. All 12 are going to see the same thing. All are going to encounter the same types of problems and fears as they're spying out through the land. Now, yes, the Lord was with them. But as we're going to read further on, only two of the 12 that were sent out really were relying and depending upon the Lord. And that was Caleb as well as Joshua. But Caleb is the person before us today. And you know, a crisis does not make a man, but it does reveal the type of man that he is. And you know, we find in Acts chapter 27, a similar situation in verse 1, you know, until the, the crisis of the shipwreck, Paul was only one of many prisoners just another prisoner on that ship. But you see, when the crisis came on, when the waves came up and the boat was getting ready to sink, he became the undisputed leader in that situation. Why was he able to do that? Amongst all the other prisoners, amongst all the people who were in charge of the ship, it's because of his faith in God. His faith in God enabled him to take charge of that particular situation. Now, you know, leaders of men and women are not, they, it just doesn't happen. You know, I've often heard uh, people say, well, he or she was born a leader. That's utter nonsense. No one is ever born a leader. You're all born a wimpy little baby, okay? What makes a leader? You're not born that way. Certain things have to take place in your life. And of course, leaders combine the quality of many things. First of all, sterling character. Secondly, diligent self-discipline. Thirdly, and most importantly, Trust in God. You know, and as you think about, here we are gathered in the Lord's house today. Sterling character. If you're a child of God, you had better have it. The Lord expects nothing less. 
Self-discipline. You like that word? Nobody likes that word. Yet it's vital. If you want to be a leader, you have to have self-discipline. And of course, above all, you have to have faith in God. If you really want to be a leader, God must be in your life and in control of your life. You know, two of Caleb's qualities stood out as you read through this little passage and as we'll read a little bit more. First of all, he displayed courage in three different ways. Morally, physically, and spiritually. Let's go over to verses 25 through 20 or 33. His first uh, attribute that he exp explained uh, was evident was his morality. Look, starting with verse 30 of uh, 25 of chapter 13. And they returned from searching out the land for 40 days. Now, I didn't read about what they saw. You can do that on your own. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and all of the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land to which thou seest, sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, the giants, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the edge of the Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people by before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him, now remember, these were all leaders too, all leaders too, these men when it said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, the land through which he had gone to search it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come, to, uh, who come of the giants, and we were in their own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Interesting paragraph that you read there. Now, as you look at these particular things that take place, you know, he was morally strong. Notice what he says in verse 30. We just read what they saw. And I've already kind of hinted around this was not going to be any piece of cake to go in and take over this land. Do you really think these people are going to say, oh, here they come. You're welcome. Love to have you just come in and take over our land. Not a chance. They knew what they were up against, and they all saw all the nations that were there, how bountiful it was, how wonderful it was. If this is where you live, would you just be willing to give it up? anybody who wanted it? I'm sure you wouldn't. 
And yet we notice here in verse 30, but Caleb said to the people and Moses, be still. Let us go up at once, immediately, and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. You see, he stood against the tide of popular opinion. The other ten leaders said, oh, no way. There is no way we would ever be able to conquer this land. Never, ever. Now, these were leaders. Remember, they all saw the same thing, all 12 men. Now, Joshua was also like Caleb, but Joshua is not the emphasis. The lesson here is Caleb. You see, they all saw the same thing. And, you know, I thought, you know, one of the greatest difficulties morally for young people is to stand against the, the, the tide of popular opinion. I've seen it as a high school teacher and counselor and coach. I've seen it, how the pressure, you've got this good kid, but all of a sudden, the pressures of those around them trying to get them, draw them away from me and what they are to become what they are. It's tough to say no when popular opinion is against it. And sometimes it's not even saying no, it's just maintaining silence. Do you ever find yourself, oh, I'm not gonna <clears throat> say, I'm not gonna say anything. Obviously, I'm not gonna do what they're gonna do, but I won't even speak out against it. That's kind of cowardly, you know. And you know, it's amazing how many people never become leaders because they're afraid to go against the tide of popular opinion. And I encourage young people here today, be strong morally. It's getting tougher all the time. And you know, it's not just for young people. As middle-aged and even as an old man, you know, I, I don't, I sit in front of the TV probably more than I should, but I'm kind of flipping through trying to find something worth watching and there isn't anything really worth watching. But it's amazing the things as you're flipping that all of a sudden come before your eyes that you would never dream of looking at. But there it is. But what do you do? Well, you better hit the switch quick. Because the moment you start dwelling on things you shouldn't be dwelling upon, I don't care what your age is, how strong you think you are, you have to understand, you are to be morally strong at all times, no matter what your age is. It takes a morally strong young man or woman to say no, or to even speak up and stand against it. Well, Caleb was willing to do that. And it's interesting, he was also strong physically. Now, I want you just to go over to uh, Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 10 here a moment. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of uh, Jephunneh, whom were of them that searched the land, tore their clothes. Why did they tear their clothes? Because the other say, ten said, hey, wait a minute. We, there's no way we can conquer these people. And unfortunately, the people were listening to the ten, not listening to Caleb and Joshua. 
They were listening to the masses there. And they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is a very good land. If the Lord delight in us, this is Caleb speaking, then he will bring us into the land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. But all the congregation demanded to stone them with stones. Notice that little phrase. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Here we see that he was not only morally strong, he was physically strong. You see, look, look at verse 10 of, of chapter 14 again. See, it took a great deal of courage to maintain his attitude in faith in God's word when the opposition was opposed and they were ready to do what? Stone him to death. They wanted to stone Caleb and Joshua. And yet he stood strong. You see, <clears throat> we are to be strong physically, but more importantly, we go to verses 8 and 9, and I'm not going to read them again of chapter 14 you have in front of me. He was strong spiritually. Spiritually. He was willing to risk all for and on God and his work. Now, we aren't going to have time to go back and read all the promises, but you know, the Lord promised them the promised land, the land of Canaan. And he even said, wherever your foot trods, it's yours. It will be yours. Who told them that? God told them that. Now remember, all 12 of these men were, quote, leaders amongst the nation of Israel. But only two had faith in God. They were strong spiritually. Now the second quality, he was unwavering in faith in extremely difficult circumstances. Now, I can't compare my circumstances with Caleb's, and you can't either. But I know this. Every one of us will find ourselves, and may be finding ourselves right at this moment, in an extremely difficult circumstance. And if you're not, thank the Lord, but be ready. It's coming. It's coming. I don't care what age group you're in. There's going to be difficult times in your lives. And you know, it's interesting here, how you respond to it goes right back here again as you look at the characteristics of Caleb. You have to be strong above all. Yes, physically, morally, but you have to be strong spiritually. You know, Pat and I went through a few things over the last couple of years dealing with our hearts and things, and it's amazing the peace we had. The peace we had during the whole thing. Is that because we were so strong? No. But we have learned to grow in the faith and the grace and the knowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ is with us. He's always with us. Nothing's going to come into our lives that he does not allow. 
and he will give you the strength to deal with it. You know, difficult circumstances come into all of our lives. I don't care how old you are. You know, Caleb as a young man exhibited these qualities, but now all of a sudden as we move on, we move to his midlife, the Middle Ages. And of course, for most people, we think today, well, life begins at 40. When you're 40, you're already in the Middle Ages, okay? Well, you know, the Middle Age has its own peculiar testings in the moral and physical and spiritual realm. And you know, some of the things that get in our way in the moral and the physical and spiritual realm are things that are so important in our lives. You know, I, my life was pretty easy, then I got married. And past life was very good, and hers even became worse because she got married. <laughs> but you know, marriage is a marvelous thing. But you know, marriage brings on different things in life that you never experienced before. And then we had children. Oh, I love them. I, I, we love our children, our two boys. But I'll tell you, life changed when they came on the scene. And then, of course, I had a job. I need a job. We all need jobs. You see, there's nothing wrong with marriage. There's nothing wrong with having children. There's nothing wrong with having jobs. You have to have them to survive. But you see, with those things, your life begins to change. And if you're not careful, you will allow the stress and the challenges and the time and the demands that all these things take start having an effect on your spiritual life. You know, some of the things that you find happen, there's a loss of fervor and personal devotion to the Lord. I get so busy. You know, that zeal and fervor I had for the Lord when I was younger, it's tougher to do. Often a lukewarm sense of duty replaces our love-motivated service. Oh, yes, I was still serving the Lord as an elder, but all of a sudden, it wasn't so much out of the love for the Lord, although I trust some of it was there yet. It was a sense of duty. You know, I knew what I had to do as an elder, what the Lord expected of me what the saints of God in our assembly expected of me. So I still did it. I went and visited people in the hospital, sometimes late at night. But, you know, I do it out of duty now. Yeah, I've got to do it. But my love for the Lord wasn't the real motivation. You see, these are the things that you have to begin to deal with. And we're talking about Caleb now in his middle life. You know, we ease up on self-denial and yield to uh, softening ease. And the demands of the physical began to hinder the joy of the Lord in your life. Did you get how important that statement was? What starts to be lacking in your life? The joy of the Lord. And what's the big problem with that? The joy of the Lord is our what? is our strength. You see, when the joy of the Lord begins to dissipate, so does everything else. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, few of us have faced as much 
as Caleb did at this stage in life. Let's go over to verses 23 and 24 of chapter 14. Well, let's start with 22. The Lord's being, because of all, uh, because all those men who have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give unto them, neither shall any of them that provoked it provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. You know, here's the Caleb, 40 years old. And guess what? How old was he when he entered the land of Canaan? 85. 85. And... Why did he have to wait so long? Did he stand up for the Lord? Oh, yes, he did. It was the sin of others that kept him from enjoying the best 45 years of his life which should have been in the land of Canaan. Now, of course, Joshua was there too. Same position. Think about that. Do you understand that when you allow the things of the Lord to wane in your life, the effect it not only has on you, but on people around you? Caleb, for the best years of his life, had to sit in the wilderness and listen to all the murmurings and the complaining and the deaths and all the terrible things that happened those 45 years in the wilderness because of the sin of others. Be sure you live godly in Christ Jesus in every phase of your life because it just, just doesn't affect you. It affects all of those who are around you. Unbelief always involves others in the suffering and grieves the Lord. And of course, by earthly standings, you know, they say, well, you know, Caleb had a right to be bitter by the time he was 85. I mean, after all, you know, while he was in the desert, <laughs> uh, Moses uh, and Joshua and others, you know, Mo when Moses died, Joshua was claimed leader, not Caleb. In fact, he wasn't even put in second in command in the army. You know, he just, he just kind of was out of the picture. But you know, he never complained. He just did what the Lord would have him do. Now, I'm sure he was a great help to the people in the wilderness, knowing his character and spiritual strength. But you know, he was willing to let God be God in his life. He didn't complain. He didn't carry on. He didn't blame God. He didn't blame anybody. He just kept on living for the Lord. Are you willing to let God be God in your life? Now, we've been through some things we didn't want to go through in these last few years. Hey, the Lord brought us through it. We trusted him. 
He didn't let us down. Are you unhappy with what's going on in your life right now because it isn't going just the way you want it to go? Well, be strong morally, physically, spiritually. Let God be God in your life. He is in control of it, you know. And who better to be in control of your life than the only true and living God who is your Lord and Savior? He'll take care of you. You know, we read the scripture, Yea, Lord, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. This, this last summer, Pat and I went out and finally uh, got our caskets and got our tombstone up, you know. We've been putting it off, no reason. And it's interesting, all of a sudden you're facing this reality. Yeah, you know, working at that age, we've got to take care of these things. If the Lord be not come... We trust he will, hope he will, but that doesn't mean he will come before he takes me through the valley of the shadow of death. It was even interesting there how at peace we were in this whole thing. When we showed the, the tombstone to our children and grandchildren, the grandchildren didn't really like to see it, but it didn't bother us at all. Because, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to be with the Lord that quick, either at the trump or absent from the body and present with the Lord. It's all the same quick trip to be with the Lord. You know, we have to understand, we have no control over all the things that come into our life, but the Lord does. Well, I want to get to the latter part of this lesson, and that's his old age. You know, he did well as a young man. He did well through the 45 years of, in the wilderness, even though he had no responsibility at all for being out there in that mess. But now we get to the, his older age. And of course, in Joshua uh, chapter 14, just quickly, if you can, Joshua chapter 14, verses um, 9 through 14, we'll read. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Caleb speaking, Even since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and eighty-five years old. 85. That's older than I am. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for this. And you know, it's interesting what he said to the Lord when he got over there. Give me this mountain. Give me the mountain. He didn't ask for plush valleys. He didn't ask for a seaside view. He said, give me the mountain. The mountain. Mount Hebron. Who was up there? Who was in the mountains? The giants were in the mountains. It says later, how did he view the giants? As bread. The bigger the loaf, the better the bread. Give me the giants. And, you know, 
The Lord said, whatever you ask for, I will give you. And he gave him the mountain. And you know, and we read later on here, and we don't have time to get into it in detail. In verse of, uh, chapter Joshua 15, 14, it points out that he drove out not all the giants and their families, every last one. And you know, he is the only one who did what the Lord asked him to do. He said, when you go into the land, he said this to all the tribes, all the leaders, you drive out everyone, all the people, the sheep, the goat, everything, out. And you know, all the tribes but one, to our knowledge, didn't do that. Oh, they drove out many, but not all. And as you read through biblical history after that, it came back to haunt them terribly. But Caleb drove out all the giants and all their families. He did exactly what the Lord said he should do. And remember, he was 85. Now I realize the Lord gave him good health. Well, you and I may not have good health. I could not drive giants out of the mountains, and I'm not 85 yet. Pat and I took our first trip in the mountains because we went the last couple of years just a few days ago, and praise the Lord, we got to the point where we wanted, but I'll tell you, by the time we got back to the car, that baby sure looked sweet. Not the man I used to be. I thank the Lord for the health I have. But, you know, Caleb had good health. And I don't think that's any surprise, shouldn't be. The Lord honors those who honor him. If he was going to claim the mountain, which the Lord knew he was going to do, he would need the strength to do it. But, you see, he understood. Yes, the other spies saw the giants, and they looked like, well, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. I don't find too many grasshoppers, at least in Southern California, where we live, in Michigan, we have a lot of grasshoppers at certain times of the year. You talk about scary little things. They're, they're so afraid of everything. You get near them, they just take off. There's nothing to them. You can take them like that. You can squeeze them like nothing. But this is how they view themselves. We are like grasshoppers in the sight. Well, Caleb didn't view him as grass. He saw the giants. He wasn't ignorant. He knew they were there. But he says, ah, the bigger the loaf, <laughs> the better. He wasn't afraid. Why? Because God had promised him. And God is true to his word. If you honor the Lord, he will honor you. And that's true as a young person. Is true in our middle ages, and it's true as we get older. Are there going to be problems and trials and tests? Yeah, count on it. There's going to be all kinds of them. But you see, you understand something. If the Lord is in your life, he is always with you. He will give you the grace and the strength to deal with what you have to deal with. He is your strength. Caleb understood that. If the Lord's with us, this is the piece of cake. 
And the Lord was with him. But the Lord blessed Caleb because above all the other leaders. Now, we haven't talked about Joshua. I'm not leaving him out. He's just not in this passage. Caleb followed the Lord totally. And that's the key. If you learn nothing else today from this lesson, I don't care where you're at in your stage of life, trust the Lord completely. Follow him totally. And he will give you the victory over any crisis that comes into your life. That doesn't mean he's going to take it away. They still had to go in and conquer the land. But he'll give you the strength to do what has to be done. May the Lord just bless these few thoughts. Encourage our hearts, but more importantly, challenge us to remain faithful to the Lord who is always faithful to us. Shall we pray? Our gracious God and dear Heavenly Father, what a great God and Savior you are. We're just so thankful this morning that for those of us who belong to thee, we have nothing to fear. There is no crisis so great that you cannot deal with. If we place our faith and trust and confidence in you, in your word. We just pray for people here today who are going through some difficult times. Just be with them. Strengthen them. Encourage them. But above all, help them just to look to you. To work in and through their lives. To your name's honor and glory. We just ask now that you will part us with your blessing. Bring us to our various homes in safety, we pray. We ask these things and give you the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen.